I make fast cars for very rich people. We're looking at things that will tell you if you are in danger from threats, missiles and that kind of stuff. I'm going to be joining Airbus Defence and Space as a robotic systems engineer. My role involves designing the electrical systems for large construction sites. I was doing it all uh, and I experienced it all. If you listen to those engineers and thought, I could do that, then you're in the right place. Welcome to I Could Do That, a podcast by Silver Fox and the IET, asking engineers what makes them tick. Hello and welcome to the I Could Do That podcast. I'm Alex, I'm the Head of Research and Development at Silver Fox. And alongside me today I have Ashley McCoodle. Uh, Ashley, do you want to introduce yourself? Uh, my name's Ashley. I'm 28. I'm a chemical engineer. I studied chemical engineering at Swansea University and I also studied engineering management at the University of Lincoln. Brilliant. So you're a chemical engineer. Did you always want to be one? No, actually, I did not always want to be a chemical engineer. I had no idea what I wanted to do after high school because my main fear is I didn't want to be boxed in for the rest of my life based on a decision that I made while I was still a teenager. So I did some research and then I noticed that with chemical engineering, there was so many industries it was applicable to. And I just decided that this Mm. was perfect for me because if I ever got bored of doing, right now I'm doing detergents and cosmetics, I can always go back to petrochemical, I could do pharmaceutical, I could do research and development, I could do anything. I think a lot of engineers, certainly, that I know in my friendship groups and through my education went into engineering because they didn't actually know what they wanted to do and engineering <laughs> kept it kept it as open and as broad as possible have you, have you found that? yeah that, that is a very good motivation so do you want to tell us a bit about your role you're a research and development engineer what does that actually mean? okay so I'm currently working at a company that's concerned with sanitation chemicals across various industries such as mining um, healthcare personal care and household uh, detergents and things along those lines. So what I do is I go through the process of identifying consumer needs, then I look for the active ingredients that should be present in our chemicals in order to give our consumers those outcomes. And then after that, I conduct trials and research in order to see the performance. And then after that, I also measure the financial implications of introducing certain chemicals into our formulations. And after we get input from all of our various departments, I then roll out the product to consumers and then we see how it performs and things along those lines. When you say sanitation, do you mean just detergents? Because obviously household detergents are going to be a bit different to mining detergents. Or is it mining has keeping waters clean, etc.? It's it's mainly detergents um, because definitely mining has different ones to the ones that you use in the house and people in industry. People in industry are not dealing with the same type of dirt that people in the house are. In industry, you've got a lot of grease from machinery and it's not easy to remove with just regular soap and water. So we look into different chemicals based on the end application. So we've talked a bit about the detergent industry across across the board, it seems. If you could change one thing about your industry, what would it be? Um, if I could change one thing about my industry, I would definitely require more female engineers because we also do cosmetics. It's also part of sanitation. And a lot of women are always talking about how they wish their cosmetic products would do 
different things, but it's very difficult to get those applications out if women are not in the design room when these things are being designed. So I really do wish we would have more female engagement, more women looking into coming into engineering. It would definitely be less lonelier for me, so I would love that. So chemical engineers help design cosmetics? It's one function of it because I work more in research and development than in process scale-up. I do do the scaling up of processes, but I also I mainly do research and development. So chemical engineers definitely do have a role in that. Well, well I learned something new today. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what your company gender balance is like, but are you the only woman? I'm the only woman. <laughs> You're the only woman. So there you go, ladies. Uh, let's let's get into engineering. Go and design your uh, your next lipstick, or I don't know, is it lipstick? No, even rinse off products, leave on products. It's a whole lot of things: cleansers, toners, moisturizers, everything. Like everything that you really. The entire want. bathroom cabinet. The entire bathroom cabinet. Yeah. Well, there you go. Let's do it. In in your opinion, what's the most important personality traits? Uh, someone would need to work in your industry other than being a woman because obviously that we've just discussed how important that is I think the most important thing is discernment because as engineers we are so ready to get on a project that sometimes we don't take into consideration whether or not it makes sense in terms of the environment or if it makes sense in terms of the current economical situation. So I think it would be great if you could practice discernment to always keep your ear on the ground, to hear what the news is saying. And if the news is saying something that doesn't support you launching a product at that moment, maybe hold back a little bit and things along those lines. Okay, interesting. So being a bit more business savvy i suppose yes definitely being business savvy i mean some engineers have been um but i suppose lots of engineers end up having a lot of tunnel vision on their goal and what they're trying to achieve and sort of ignore the outside yeah that's very true um uh, that's actually one that was one of my motivations for going back to university to study engineering management because i didn't understand the commercial value of business. I would just come and say, I've seen this machine. It does all these 50 million functions. I think it would be a good idea for the business to have it. But I wouldn't take into consideration that this machine has to buy itself after a certain amount of time, or people need training in order to be able to use this machine. So that's taking away from production time. And it's not going to be very commercially viable. The cost of production is going to go up, which means the consumers are going to be mad. So that's definitely something that a lot of engineers need to practice, to need to definitely learn that whatever decisions you're making have an impact on the business, and it has to be a positive impact in order for it to be allowed. Otherwise, all your ideas, even if they're good ideas, are going to be put in the bin. Yeah, I can see, I can see that, but I can see, also see uh, people being educated to not not take risks. That's true. Silverfox proudly supports engineers with all their cable, wire and pipe labelling requirements. The Fox in a Box thermal printer can print a whole range of thermal labels with one software, one printer and one ribbon, saving loads of time for the engineers out there in the field. For more information, contact sales at silverfox.co.uk or call on plus 44 01707 373727 What what was the most challenging thing you found when you started? Communication 
was definitely difficult for me. Um, I studied engineering because I didn't want to be at the front of the business. I wanted to be in the back, just working and stirring things. But you are going to have to communicate, not necessarily with consumers, but sometimes with the people within your organization. And a lot of the times, because they didn't study engineering, they don't understand the terms. They don't understand exactly what it is you're trying to achieve. So if you don't know how to communicate effectively, again, you're not going to get much engagement. Um, people are not going to get much use out of you as an engineer. So I definitely had to learn how to communicate. I had to learn how to dumb some terms down depending on which person I was talking to or to cater my message sometimes. Um, like maybe if I was talking to the finance department, I, they don't understand anything except numbers. So I would have to go through my Excel sheet and I would have to generate how much things are gonna cost versus how much potential profit is there and that definitely gave me more positive feedback than when I was just going like this is a good idea. That's interesting actually because you've sort of bundled, you've said communication but actually you've thrown in what is an Excel skill, um, you've, you've mentioned accounting skill, um, <laughs> so it's, it's, you've said it, you've bundled it all in with communication which which is which is fine but it's interesting just how many things you've you've sort of sub uh, subconsciously oh, yeah. <laughs> put together to form communication i mean i've always said that engineers need to be um very good at translating that's true because they're the, they're the some might say they're the glue that hold hold uh, industrial companies together so um, we've we've talked quite a lot about what you'd want to change and what were the biggest challenges were. What's the, what's the stuff you like doing? Oh, the ability to create. That is my most favorite thing. I am fortunate enough to feel that if I want a strawberry shampoo, I can actually make it, but only if I can justify that other people also want it. So <laughs> that's definitely my favorite thing. That's brilliant. My placement was at Nissan. As dedicated listeners to this podcast will know, and I, I was really keen for it to to have something at the end where I could say, yeah, I did that, rather than going into a nuclear power plant, which is really cool, and just pressing buttons. Seeing a car for the first time you worked on was just unbelievable, but you, you must see that quite regularly. I mean, maybe not. I don't know how much household detergent you use. Uh, not just household. Uh, it's mainly because I um, my workplace is situated in like the industrial area of the city. So I oftentimes see like the chemicals that we're making being used on the floors um, of the different companies that I walk into. Um, during the pandemic, we were one of the essential workers who were making sanitizers as well as other disinfecting chemicals. So it was very nice to always see you know the sanitizer that I helped to make at the doorways of most stores, supermarkets, and just a lot of places that I frequent. I made it pink just yeah. so that I could see that. <laughs> this is going really off topic, but I know that there's a Instagram cake maker who makes her sponge green so that she knows whenever someone posts a video oh i know her yeah and it's exactly it's exactly the same make it pink so you know it's yours yeah yeah i i, I made it pink because i just wanted to see how far it was going to go and i would see it sometimes in different cities and you know places i never imagined it would go and that was that was really beautiful the question is did you justify the pinkness well the pink dye was very cheap so 
<laughs> Nobody asked me too many questions. Plus, the pink dye did help with um, counterfeiting because during the pandemic, there were some unsightly characters who were just making, you know, most sanitizers are clear. They were just making that and selling it to people and claiming that that's sanitizer, but the general population didn't know whether or not it was. So by making it pink, it gave people the illusion that it was some kind of detergent and that it played the function that it was claiming to play. I could have made it blue, but pink was closer to my heart. <laughs> that's, that's, that's quite cool, actually. You've said that now, and I'm thinking, there's a bo bottle of sanitizer on my desk. Is that real? That was bought during COVID. Is it, is it real? I've got no idea. Um, you can easily tell if it feels cold on application because usually sanitizers evaporate as soon as they touch the warm temperature on your skin. And you can also tell by the scent. If it's got a strong alcoholic scent, it's probably sanitizer, even if it's clear. Good tip. Good tip for everyone. So, Ashley, is there any advice you'd give to male or female want wannabe chemical engineers? Um, I think the easiest bit of advice I can give you is don't give up. Um, because, you know, university lecturers are famous for telling people that only one out of three people makes it out of this class, so that's often demotivating for people, especially if they're having a hard semester or if they're not quite figuring things out as fast. So I would always encourage people, don't give up. You're still a chemical engineer, even if it took you four years to get there, even if it takes you five years to get there, just keep going. It's not a problem. Whatever change that you want to bring into the world, it's definitely worth it. You need to bring it. You need to just keep going. I'd second that. But I would also say engineering is hard. It is. <laughs> Let's not pretend that it, it's really easy. It's hard. It is quite You've got hard. to put the work in. Yeah, you have to put a lot of elbow grease into it because there are some modules that I still have nightmares about even now that I'm working and I don't even use them. But it is, yeah. it is quite hard. Yeah. It is quite a lot of math. Um, okay um thank you very much ashley no, uh, it's you. been a pleasure it's been very fun and i've learned stuff which doesn't happen on every podcast <laughs> um so i'm good i'm now going to go and sniff some hand sanitizer so thank you very much no thank you so much this this has been fun <laughs> good let's hope we've inspired some some future cosmetic engineers even if it's one i'll be very happy So there you have it, the end of the first episode of I Could Do That, a podcast produced by Silver Fox Limited and the IET. If you're an engineer currently working on a project and require support with your cable and equipment labelling, please get in touch with one of the Silver Fox team on sales at silverfox.co.uk.